0: All right, welcome back to. Why would you bring that up? And this is this is going to be our first recap episode. So, what we are trying to do with this episode is kind of give give some uh, some space and uh, have have a conversation, a little bit of reflection on the episodes that you have just listened to, or maybe you've listened to over the past couple of weeks. You know, um,
1: however it is, we're just yeah. we're we're glad that you've made it this far. I am once again Mal and still Cameron we are not joined by Caleb no in the in the recap which that's going to be uh if we have guests or anything going forward uh that's going to be a common practice that we're going to do we're going to be a part of the breakdown because this is this is our podcast and so you
0: have to listen to what we have to say yeah, you are definitely held captive. You are at our mercy. I've figured out how to uh, program the podcast where it—you can't stop it. Once you once you hit play, it's going.
1: All right, that's cool.
0: Yeah. So uh,
1: we had uh, obviously just the three episodes on sobriety here. Um, just a few things that I do want to kind of talk about whenever it comes to my episode is. Whenever we recorded my episode, I had barely had any sleep i was only on two hours and i'm not like saying that i regret anything that i said uh if if anything it was great to get that out there but i wish i would have been on a full night's sleep because there were some things that i glossed over that i didn't get a chance to really dive into uh and i'm not i'm not going to use this time to do that just because it would just kind of just beating a dead horse here but i just i never really talked about my stepdad a whole lot yeah which he was really the main reason why um I uh, I kind of went down that path because he was very much a uh, a control freak. You know, yeah. you know my stepdad, he was very much a control freak, For, uh, former stepdad. Former stepdad, yes, because he got what he wanted out of my mother and then left her like he left his first wife. But that's uh that's neither here nor there, but that just says a lot as to what kind of a person he was and uh he he knew that I was very much the I hate to use this term, but it's just still just easy to use just because everyone's going to know what I say, but I'm very much like an alpha type personality. Like, if I walk into a room, I I know that I own that room, and that's just who I've always been, even whenever I was a kid and didn't know how to handle that. It's just who I was. Well, my stepdad saw that and he kind of was like well we can't be having this so I'm gonna go ahead and just put you in your place and it, it I believed it for a long time and there's so much more to it than just that but uh but there there was that I did say that cvfo for fit Ops I said that incorrectly it is not chief fitness officer or whatever it was I said it was it's certified veteran fitness operative so there's a correction in that one i messed up on what i said good
0: that sounds that sounds better
1: yeah that's that's exactly what it was i just think it was like once again i I was tired and then the other thing was is and i do kind of want to talk about this for a bit but uh the first time that i ever really stood up for myself was at that hotel job that i had and Mm -hmm. whenever i in my episode i just kind of said i told them to fuck off without saying fuck off and then kind of came out on the other side and was like, whoa, like I'm fine. But I, I wish I would have dove a little deeper into that too, just because the the psychological breakdown that I had to endure with that job. It like I really was the perfect kind of candidate for the the role where they had me because it was real easy for me to just kind of uh just keep being a human pinata and getting hit in the mouth and then just spitting out candy and all that stuff. And whenever I finally decided to stand up for myself after all these years of being just beaten down mentally, like, and I came out on the other side just fine, like that really was that first big step in my life. And it was just because there was just so much hypocrisy that was going around that job. And one thing that happened is, is that they said that I was being insubordinate to one of my managers even though I wasn't, and I, I have like proof that I wasn't, but they, my my assistant director told me that I needed to send an email instead. So I did. I typed out an email, pretty much apologizing for everything that I said. And as soon as I was done typing out that email, I was just I just kind of sat there and just watched the little cursor blink, and I just kept saying to myself in my head, just don't send the email, don't send it. So I send the email. And as soon as I sent the email, all of the terrible things that I have done in my life, uh, it was in that moment was the lowest point of my life because I had sacrificed everything that I believed for a job. And I hate that about myself whenever it came to that moment. And so whenever I sat down with everyone and the assistant or the, the director of human resources asked me how I should have handled the situation. I said that I should have sent an email because it's what my assistant director said that I should have done, and he and so I, I go into that whole spiel, and my and the director of HR goes, "Well, Cameron, that's not the right answer because sometimes you have to deal with situations in front of you, and emails just aren't always the right response." And he looks over at my assistant director, the man that told me that I had to send the emails. Am I wrong here, or uh, do do you support what I'm saying? And he looks. At the director of HR and goes No, you're not wrong Looks back over at me and goes Cameron, you can't just send an email And just think that it fixes everything And I immediately step in and I go Hold on The only reason why I said that I needed to send an email Was because that's what you told me to do last week And I look at the director of HR And I just let loose On everything that was wrong with the company How I was being mistreated Uh, Just everything from top to bottom some of the things that you don't tell your managers that you think like well I told them, but I did it in such a way I promised that it was not disrespectful And that was the whole that was the thing the biggest changing point in my life because I first I first stood up for myself And this was at the height of whenever things were at its worst for me not just physically but mentally as well and the drug abuse and everything so I wish I could have kind of dove into that a little more, but that's neither here nor there. I just kind of wanted to put some context there. I didn't just say "fuck you guys," I'm going home. Like there really was a deeper um, uh, there. There was a deeper conversation than it came to that. I did just want to highlight that for a second. So, whenever it comes to my episode, it's just I've, I've listened to it a few times, and and since that episode, and as we've kind of discussed in. Uh, in uh, Caleb's episode that I got sober Since then and it was so crazy Because I like there were so many Things ever since I decided to get sober That I kind of realized that was It was bigger there were bigger mm-hmm. things To it like I like that Jason Bolin song That I took a screenshot and I sent it to you I was yeah. like Man I always thought this was a party Song but if you really break it down it's not Because of this and you were like yeah. dude I'm so Excited for you because you're
0: gonna get to learn all this Yeah and I just want to Step in real quick uh, if, if you uh are unaware it has been about 6 months since we first recorded your episode so it's not like you know a couple weeks ago you got sober and then you know like you're you're just now talking about it just now no
1: it, no you know? no yeah 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 it's just one of those things and if uh just to kind of just just to be completely transparent here i am no longer sober mm-hmm. and it was so funny because i the whole time that i was getting ready to tell you was it was going to be not this not like during the recording process but before we started recording i was going to tell you yeah just so that way you weren't surprised but i just wasn't whenever you found out the other day it's <laughs> i wasn't ready for you to find out yeah. like i just wasn't i needed that secret yeah and it wasn't that i was going out and i was just like having like all night benders and stuff like that but it was just after a while sobriety kind of got in the way for me it seemed like that it was it was holding me back from not that not that drinking makes me like the full person that I am today but it really just didn't the whole time that I was doing it I was just sitting there thinking like okay I'm learning here I'm learning here I'm learning here I get to a point where the learning eventually just ended up stopping. And I know that this was not this is not a thing that's going to happen overnight. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just feels like that I got everything out of what I needed in that point. And now it seems like that uh for that for the time being, I I haven't been abusing anything. Everything has been very well controlled on my end. And I think that I needed to prove that to myself as well Yeah, is that I can get back on it because I had been saying this whole time that I wasn't going to be sober forever. And I think that that was, I I really do think that was the wrong mentality going into it. I wish that I would have not been focusing on the big picture. I wish I would have been focused on being in the moment Mm -hmm. and not, not, not thinking about eventually one day because I think that that muddied the waters. And now that, now that I'm here, and I am on the other side. I really do think I was a better person for getting sober for that time, mm-hmm. and it's not completely off the table yet, still. But just right now, like I like where where everything is, where the world is. I know that that's such a cop out, but it just yeah. it, like I need I need my moment to kind of be home and just just kind of be there and able to relax fully. And Mm -hmm. I I, like and it's just right now I don't have like a wife that I can go home to. I don't like Mm -hmm. what like I I, like the only thing I have is my are my hobbies, which are fine, but those only last for so long. Right. And eventually just watching T V and just sitting there just kind of staring at the TV or whatever. It just that like that got a little mundane for me. Like we're already living in a groundhog's day paradox right now yeah. as it is anyway. And that yeah. just kinda made it worse for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's in the end, that was why I decided to get back on the wagon. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, for lack of a better term, I'm not doing well, cocaine
0: or anything like right, that yeah. anymore. It's just yeah. and, and <clears throat> like I'll just go ahead and say, you know, there Like there's no judgment or anything. Yeah, no, I, you know what I, I mean I didn't think that you would at all. I just wasn't ready for you to find out whenever you did. But but I do think like the way that you've gone about it and the way that you've explained, you know, at least that you were you intentionally made the decision. It's not like one day you just had a moment of weakness and you caved. I think if you were to quote unquote get back on the wagon, that's the way to do it because you're you're thinking about. I mean, I know you're saying, you know, you wish you wouldn't have thought about the big picture, but you were thinking about the big picture and that has led you to where you are continuing to grow because you got sober for a time. And even though you're not sober now, you're still you still have that big picture mentality that that you got in that hard reset that's that's enabling you to grow moving forward in and coming from a healthier place with these things that Aren't inherently unhealthy. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because I, before I decided
1: to get sober and I was, I really was like getting bad there. The, the, okay. Just real quick, my story about what caused me to get sober was I had a night where I was trying to get a hold of my drinking. I knew that I was still going down a dangerous path. Like I would get mm-hmm. off work, I'd go to a bar, I'd drink a bunch at the bar and heavy drinks and stuff like that. I would drive home, which someone that's already got a DWI on his record, like it was, it just, it was leading down that path again that I knew where it was heading. So I was trying to get a hold of it. I had two beers in my fridge one night and I remember sitting there thinking as I was getting off work, you're going to go home, you're going to have those two beers and then that's it. So on my way home, I stop and buy some more beer and I get home, I drink, all of those beers and i'm sitting there just kind of thinking and I, the beer that i bought it was like a can it was yeah. like a big can of it so i had like four and a half yeah and i was just sitting there just thinking like nope you're not gonna go you're not gonna go so i pick up my keys and i go out of my i go out and look for more beer and here where we live everything closes at yeah. like nine ten o'clock so i had to drive around for a while to find uh a gas station that was open to sell beer. And I just remember thinking in my head, like, this is what an addict does. This is what an addict does. It's like, it's, it's not good enough to the point where like, and I I kept trying to justify it to myself saying like, well, if I was out of food, then I would be doing this for food. And then I'm like, well, are you really comparing food (laughs) to, to, to alcohol? Like it's just completely ridiculous. So I find a gas station, I buy more beer, I get home and I get, I wouldn't say that I was like, two sheets to the wind drunk. But I mean, I was like feeling it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it, it came time for me to go to bed. I went to lay down and I couldn't like the room was spinning and everything. So I get up and I'm sitting on the edge of my tub facing my toilet at like four in the morning. And I'm just, I'm just looking down and it just, this was my moment of clarity. And I was just sitting there just in the dark by myself looking at my toilet and i'm thinking what's the point like what is what is the point of all of this what what am, what am i why do i feel like that i need this like i feel like i need food because that was the thought that went through my head and stuff mm-hmm. and so just i do what i needed to do and i go to bed and i wake up that next day and that's whenever i i knew i needed to text you and mm-hmm. say it's not like I'm thinking about, it's I need to get sober. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of research on things and it and it's just like alcohol really does have these vastly negative effects other than just a hangover and liver problems. You know, like if you, if you eat meat and then drink alcohol in excess, your body stops being able to absorb the proteins. So the protein in your body just sits in your stomach and gets stale. Mm-hmm and then whenever you wake up that next day that's whenever you feel ultimately sick is not just because of the hangover but you've got this spoiled protein just collecting in your stomach because your stomach has quite literally forgotten how to process it hmm. and so it's just like it, it like everything was just was was just kind of adding up to it my friend had had just killed himself not too long before this too and i wasn't handling that well and I knew it was affecting my family, too, because he was a family friend. And mm-hmm. I, that next day after I text you, I remember calling my sister just weeping, just saying that I know that this death has been hard on you, too, but I've just been selfish and I've just I've only allowed myself to process it in the most unhealthy way. And I didn't even consider your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so everything that was happening in my life before then, I was, I was, I was losing interest in my hobbies. Um, I wasn't working out like I normally do. I wasn't playing any music like I normally do. I would just sit down in front of the TV and just drink until the point where I couldn't. And I knew I needed to change. And so now that I've kind of gone through it and now I'm back on the other side I'm still working out regularly I'm playing music regularly I'm keeping in touch with my family a lot more than uh, my mother would probably say that I could do be doing a better job but <laughs> but that was another thing that alcohol was hindering me from doing was yeah. keeping in touch with my family and yeah. I, I I know and it's so hard for me that same guy that I talk about in my episode that I that I called yeah. and I cried on the phone to yeah. uh I call I i set up an appointment to talk to him again and I asked him what did I need to do to be a good son Mm-hmm. because he now has kids of his own, and obviously he knows what it's like to be... Because I kind of walk him through my life and everything, and he's like, dude, my dad and my mom are the same way. And so it's real easy for me to talk to him about these things, and it he what he told me really kind of made sense. And he and I told him that I had already started drinking and stuff at that point, and he goes... And I, and I said that I... I t- these were the exact words that I told him, is that I didn't feel like that my being sober was the right thing for me right now. Mm -hmm. And and his response later on, whenever he was kind of telling me what he thought of the conversation, he goes, how many people have that thought that being sober is not the right thought or is not the right mindset for you right now? Like, you are like one of a, a handful of people that actually think that and. It's kind of funny that you say that it was like a healthy way to kind of get back into mm-hmm. it, because that's essentially what he was saying too. He just didn't say it the
0: same way that you did. Well, you, you wanted, you even said like uh, in your episode, you said, you know, maybe I just need a hard reset, and I think that's what you did. Yeah. So, so you went into it and you said I'm gonna get sober, and you did that, and you easily, you, I might add, you reset. And you were you've so far been able to control how you've stepped back into that world and how you've handled it moving forward. So and and I would say I would say that's that's good and like keep an eye on it. Cautiously optimistic kind (laughs) of thing, you know, like I'm
1: just like that's all anyone is doing right now is taking things. (coughs) Excuse me. Just day by day, right, and that's all I'm trying to do too. Like as soon as I, and I think that the warning signs are a lot more clearer, more, more clear. Yeah, a lot, mo- a lot more clear to me now as to when I'm starting to venture down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So I think that I can kind of either get ahead of it or even maybe just do a hard reset right there. I don't yeah. know. We'll yeah. just have to see.
0: Well, it's like, like if we uh, moving into my episode now. Yeah, Please, you, yeah, no, do. yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no,
1: please. That's uh, that's it for me.
0: Uh, it's like what I was talking about, you know, my body doesn't have to make up for the day before. So now I know how I should feel. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now I know how I should feel. So if I if I one day decide, uh, you know, hey, sobriety has has run its course. it's served its purpose for me in my life. And I start having wine or beer with dinner again, which is ultimately something that I would like to say that I could do. Uh, that's I think that's the goal for everybody. Uh, is to be able to drink, you know, responsibly. Um, <clears throat> I am going to be so used to feeling how I should feel that the like the second that I'm starting to feel the impact, I'm gonna be like, okay, okay, I need to slow down. Well, or if, even the next day, yeah, you know, like yeah. the next day waking up. I used to wake up hungover and I didn't even know. I just thought it was just how I felt when I woke up. Granted, I never feel good when I wake up, but like i didn't know how bad i actually felt
1: yeah it was the <laughs> same yeah it was the same for me man like it's it, it's so funny how that like i just always attributed it to well this is what it feels like whenever you wake up in the morning yeah. just because yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, like i know that feeling absolutely
0: yeah. it's like <laughs> your first thought in the morning shouldn't be fuck
1: <laughs> i don't know man like there were times whenever during during sobriety for me i still woke up and went fuck you know just
0: Right, but it, but it it shouldn't be every morning. Every morning, right? Right.
1: So, it's just what uh where where do you see yourself now as opposed to where you were whenever you recorded your episode? What have you learned
0: between now and then? But okay, so w- one thing that I've learned <clears throat> between then and now <clears throat> is that I how do I phrase this <laughs> um I have been I, I used to look at alcohol as as me dropping my inhibitions and and being more myself right but I've realized that those things although they were parts of my personality they were parts of my personality that I used to cover up insecurities. So I would drink and then parts of my personality would come out that I was more confident in and my insecurities would fall back. And that's part of why I was drinking was to try to cope with those insecurities. So I'm, I'm still like in the process of figuring out what that looks like moving forward. When I don't have that fallback of when I'm feeling insecure, I could, I could drink this magic stuff, and now I feel better. You know. Uh, so you haven't learned how to deal with the insecurities. You're just aware that they're there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm still in the process of of discovering what it is actually that it's deep seated. That's those triggers that are uh, co- that would cause me to not just drink, but over drink. Because if you're drinking for any other reason than you know oh I like the taste you're most likely gonna over drink you know and for me it was I like the taste and it makes me feel better and you know it's it's a hobby and it like there was all these other reasons that I didn't even realize because all I was thinking was oh I just drink because I like the taste yeah I had seven you know yeah I had seven doubles like who doesn't like, uh, nobody does. <laughs> what would you,
1: what would you tell your day one self right now? If, if you were able to sit in front of that person, what would you tell them?
0: If I were able to sit in front of my day one self. And you can't tell them you're, you, you you are
1: going to do it. Like, do, like you can't just no, be like, Hey, no. you're going to make it. Like, it's going to be fine. But like, no, what, what no, advice no, no, would no, you yeah. give
0: yourself? I, uh, I would say grab a pen and paper because the things, the emotions that the alcohol has helped you cover up are going to come out. And you've had so long to subconsciously try to process these that the like, because I write songs and I write stuff like that. So it's going to naturally come out in that creative way. And it's kind of like purging all that stuff out. So grab a pen and paper, because for the first six months, it's just going to be like every other day you're cranking stuff out and most of it you look at it and you go that's terrible but you needed to get it out yeah but it's
1: i can vouch for like the this music that you've written over the last six months really has been some of your best stuff it's it seems like there's a lot more emotion behind it and not necessarily well what would be popular what would get me radio play Yeah. Because like, not that your stuff, like, like your, some of your original stuff, like the music that I learned whenever we were getting ready to record the EP, like Mm -hmm. some of that stuff was really, really good stuff. But then I did get some sort of things where I, like you would send it to me and I'd be like, this sounds like you're trying to relate to someone that's, yeah that's not who you are. You're just trying to speak to someone else. And that's, that's never a good formula for a winning musical career. I don't think. Yeah. I guess that depends on who you ask, but neither this nor there. (laughs) But I like all of your stuff that you've been sending me lately, or that you've been showing me. I like I feel you in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that. You're you're just saying this is me to hell with anyone that doesn't like it because Uh, this I I can only be me.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that's that's part of what I'm talking about, like with the insecurities and stuff. Is you know when I would write before I was most of the time I was drinking, so I was writing from my perceived confidence, you know, I was writing from those areas where I was confident and maybe even a little cocky, you know what I mean? And not really the most relatable person, but definitely not really who I am, you know? And so being able to get to the point where I'm recognizing like, Oh, I was drinking to cover up a lot of insecurities, uh, has helped me uncover like, okay, well, what is it? What are some of the things that I'm specifically insecure about and, and write about those. And I think that's probably why it's coming across as more genuine. um, At least I hope so. Is there like a specific
1: moment? Because I, I I always talk moments are big with me just because I think that it adds context to things. And you even said that all of the emotions that you're gonna that you were suppressing, you're gonna be feeling them. Yeah. And it's not necessarily enough to it's not, it's not enough to allow them to come to the surface and then write it down on a piece of paper for that to be right. ultimately good enough. So eventually right. you've had to physically feel them, right? Or emotionally you have felt them and have allowed yourself to feel them. Is there a specific moment in the last six months that just stands out above the rest That was. that's kind of like, whoa, this was the kind of thing that I never allowed myself to feel and here I am feeling it now? <clears throat> um,
0: yeah. Uh, so I've listened to my episode a few times now. I edit this stuff, so I've had to listen to it a bunch. Uh, and like I listened to it today and today was the first time I ever listened to the part about my grandmother that I didn't cry. And I think that that's, (laughs) that to me is, uh, is more, that is like a big moment where it's like, whoa, okay. This is what I really wasn't letting myself feel, which is a little bit of closure. Just that little bit. Not, not saying that there's like complete closure on that situation, but that little bit of closure is like, hey, you were scared of this, this whole time. And you're starting to be on the other side of it now because you finally let yourself deal with this and, and you've, you know, been able to process it and listen to it and feel it this many times, now you're starting to be on the other side. So your your
1: big moment of feeling was your lack of feeling.
0: Not lack of feeling. Yeah, yeah. But a better feeling. Yeah, right about right. it.
1: Right. Like you felt comfortable actually yeah. hearing this topic that's so close to you. Yeah. And you don't get like emotionally affected by it in, in the way where you would have to just the only way that your body could process it is to weep. Yeah. But you're you're able now to process it and you're kind of directing those feelings in other ways now, which is so weird to me because any time I've ever had a moment, because I talk about my panic attacks, I've I, I talked about like. Uh, my time at fit ops and sobbing and crying like those are big for me just because yeah. I've never let myself feel them. You're kind of like, well, I've been feeling it and now I'm allowing myself to not like to process those feelings
0: in a different way. It's, well, it's because I was so I was shut off from feelings for so long that that it was huge when I started that I was feeling these things, but it was kind of a constant. You know, it wasn't like a moment. It was more like constant, like in my head, working things out, writing, you know, trying to tap into feelings and writing from there and, you know, looking, trying to take an, an honest stock of who I am and where I am and the things that I'm feeling and trying to process those. That I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I'm feeling something that I haven't felt before, hmm. which is some kind of health. Who knows what it is? Well, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's like a small amount of of emotional health. Yeah, and it's we it is weird to be a 31 year old adult and and say for the first time probably it, since I can remember like i feel like i have uh, a measure of emotional health
1: i think that there's a lot of 31 year olds that would say that they've never even felt a glimmer of emotional health not trying to like discredit no, but no, i'm just, no, no. I'm just saying you're not you're you're definitely not alone there well, i don't think I, as I, as alone as you might think that yeah, you yeah well
0: no I, I didn't mean it like as a as a, that's unique i'm or you know uncommon i meant more like i just <laughs> i've gone 31 years, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. this that's is... That's a
1: long fucking time. This is new to me. Yeah.
0: Like, well, there's n- there's not a whole lot in my life that's new to me anymore.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny because... Yeah, well, I mean, it's just...
0: Yeah, and then we're gonna pee all over it, and it'll, you know. uh, But
1: uh, anyway, it's so funny because I think that we're really, we are really that first generation to kind of experience a whole lot of new things. Like if you think back to our parents' generation, a lot of people our age like to sit there and compare themselves to their parents, and like, well, by the time that my parents were thirty-one years old, then. That means that they already had a kid, and they were married, and they had careers, and all this stuff, and they were saving for retirement, and had a house, and here we are, like our, like no kids, and we're all trying to figure out this life, yeah. and all this stuff, yeah, and it's, it's just-
0: it's when, you're, when your parents were 31, though, they actually had to get up and get out of the house to go spend money. I know,
1: yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy?
0: So, it's just one of the, and I think that we're kind of like that
1: first- This, the whole millennial centennial, whatever the generation after us is, we're all experiencing this together as it comes at us in the fly and uh, on the fly, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that we're kind of laying a good bit of groundwork for people that are going to be coming after us to kind of, Hey, this is what mental, like a healthy mental, uh, state state thank you a healthy mental state will look like and in this unique, ultra
0: connected age yes
1: and so you like yeah and i'm not saying that people after us aren't going to have their struggles but they're they're no. like at least we will have been able to kind of solve this problem for them so i I, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people out there can kind of sit there and relate to this at least people within our time frame mm-hmm. of age and stuff like that
0: or at least you know pick up where we leave off
1: yeah yeah so here yeah. here here's hoping so
0: because um, eventually we're gonna be the old guys yelling at the clouds
1: yeah get that's off gonna, my lawn that's gonna be fun
0: get off my facebook wall yeah
1: really yeah that's gonna be our <laughs> lawn right right I miss the old days where you could set your facebook account to private and be left alone <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't have social media. So I don't I don't know how this shit works. <laughs> so, did you want to talk about Caleb's episode because yeah. I dude, I yeah. that is honestly probably my favorite episode. Of the series, yeah, Uh, it it, it just it it was just it's it's amazing to hear a story like that, whether you agree with it or not. Whenever it comes to
0: how the religion, uh, like the religion aspect, but
1: the but that's regardless because it still worked for him. We all have our own ways that we need to use to cope with. Our demons, per se, to mm-hmm. use a biblical term again, you know, but, like, to deal with our, like, emotional demons, and that was just his story, and it doesn't have to be your story, but it just, it was just so incredible to hear someone that you would probably think, like, if you were to see him and and hear him talk within the first five minutes of meeting him, you'd be like, this guy's probably dumb as a sack of nickels, man, but... <laughs> Like, I'm serious like with his with his accent and just it's i'm just serious yeah, and I his, love and, and his surly demeanor his and his demeanor and I think that if Caleb were sitting here right now he would be like yeah, like that's exactly what I would think if I met myself. So He'd that be like, like sack
0: of nickels is too much yeah, that, too like, much that's, that's, sack of pennies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's giving
1: too much that's giving me too much credit, you know. That's an insult to nickels. But uh, I don't make that much sense. <laughs> dude, that's exactly what he would say.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was just great to hear him and the way that he talked, it was so eloquent and it it really was like a bunch of pieces of a perfect puzzle just kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. And uh it, I just, I hope that one day, and I even said it during his episode that where he is mentally is just really where I would love to be. I'm striving to kind of get to where he kind of sees, sees things mentally and uh, political things aside with what he said, it doesn't matter whether you support it or not, but it's Mm -hmm. just still like, he's just, he's so mentally mature and it's just, it's, it's awesome that we really do have access to a mind like that right here in front of us right now. Like just you and me just individually. And I, I, I really don't want to take that for granted. I'd love to spend a lot more time with Caleb personally, but even still, like it, I would love to have him back on future episodes to kind of get oh, yeah. his opinions on oh, things. Yeah. If, oh, if yeah. our listeners are okay with that, then I would absolutely love for Caleb to be kind of like a co-host with us. Uh, yeah. Not not like a permanent co-host, right. but every now and then he just comes in and we just... Not like, like have a, an episode... Like a guest host. Yeah, yeah, like a guest host. Thank you so much. So I... I, I don't know if you have anything to add on that, but it was just there's so many things that he said that um, that hearing it a second time just c- kind of um, made me feel things that I didn't really think about while I was sitting there recording the episode because yeah. the, the the primary job that we were there to do was to get the episode out. Right, but to I get it I, recorded. Yeah, to get yeah. it recorded and to and and to have other people hear it. But now that I heard it, it, like it was a completely different message than where it
0: was whenever we were first sitting there. And I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, I've, I I I, co- I connected with it more, which is ironic because uh, I would consider Caleb a, a really good friend. And in the in the moment, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I'm tr- I'm trying to think of questions, and uh, which is funny because all the questions that I thought of were like. Hmm. No, no, that's not it. I'm like, oh well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh but when I went back and listened to it now, it is <clears throat> like I think I think that what, what happens is he fits in so well with our dynamic because Caleb is another person who I think is he's not on your level of not having a filter, and he's not necessarily on my level of Like, being hell-bent on not faking anything. But he's, like, on a mature uh, version of both of those things, where he can still be as real as we can, you know? But also not be, like, trying to push people away, you know? Which is something that I've done personally. And so noticing, noticing that... <clears throat> Which is funny because he would say that uh that he still pushes people away, but <laughs> but not intentionally, just because he, you know, his personality. But yeah. Uh that I think I connected a lot more with and, you know, him being sober for so long. And I'm looking at it going, you know, maybe in in five years, you know, I'll be ready to to have beer and wine again, or or maybe it'll take ten. And then as soon as I say maybe it'll take ten, I'm like maybe in 10 years i won't want it
1: yeah i mean and it's just it, that's a scary thought by itself like i could imagine like what that would like like the thoughts like that going through your head because even you just saying that it that's a scary world to think about just because it's always been that fail safe for us mm-hmm. you know it's always been something that's just been there for us to kind of use and abuse with the best of them mm-hmm. and uh it, it's it's it would it would be really scary to think about A world without that, you know, because I really do think that once we start to really get towards the end of this pandemic, I think that that's going to be scary. Yeah, because we know what we get every day with the pandemic. Every single day is the same. We uh, everything just kind of falls in line and we Mm -hmm. all know our place once the pandemic is done. It's not going to be like a madhouse, you know, but it's going to be like it was before where you have no idea what's coming your way. Oh, man. And that's a good thing, but it can be scary at the same time if we if we go through this for like another year and we've done a two year pandemic or something like that. And then we start trying to like I like I was sitting there thinking it the other night and it's the same thing with a life without alcohol. And I know that eventually once you get to that point mentally, like you said, in 10 years and you just say maybe Mm -hmm. I don't want it anymore, it'll be a lot
0: easier. Yeah and but then there's also like the thought in my head that's like maybe in 10 years I will have built it up in my head. Yeah, sure. You know. Sure. So so it, it yeah, it's it really is a double-edged
1: sword, you know, but Yeah. I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's as scary because even whenever you said it, my stomach kind of went like like that, you know, just because <laughs> you were like, maybe I won't want it anymore. And I don't think like whether you build it up too much or it's it, like nothing it, or like you're just completely at peace with it. I think that either way, once you get there, I think mm-hmm. it. I I don't think it's going to be as bad as it possibly could be.
0: Well, the the goal is to. <clears throat> excuse me, the goal is to put myself in in the position where I make the right decision in that moment. So I can't worry about how it's going to feel in that yeah, moment. Yeah, definitely. I have to put in the work to where I trust myself to make the right decision. Sure. Sure. And it's just,
1: I I don't think that a conversation, I don't think that this episode or this series would have been complete without Caleb's episode. Definitely not. I, I just think Definitely it put not. the perfect bow on it. I just hate him for ruining the song Superman for me because now <laughs> I was listening to it that one day and I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to you being like, I now I just think of Caleb grinding on that cop. You know, it's just that song will never be the same. I've, I've had sex to that song before, you know, like it's just like that song is just so sexy and so like hot and <laughs> And now it's just ruined. So <laughs> fuck you, Caleb for ruining that song. But you know what? It's okay. Now I've got a good meaning behind it too. So yeah. it's just great. So <laughs> do you have anything else to add?
0: Oh man. Uh, I do not have anything on, else to add off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, so that wraps up our first ever series on why would you bring that up? Uh, and hopefully by now, if you're still with us, hopefully you are still with us. But hopefully by now, if you're still with us, you have gotten to know us a little bit better, a little bit more about our, about our dynamic and what to expect moving forward. Moving forward, the episode my episodes are probably going to be a little bit more different because the uh, there we're not just going to stay focused on stuff that only applies to us or directly applies to us. We are planning a few different series. Uh, one of which I really am excited about is the idea of isms that uh, that have a lot of stigmas behind them, like socialism, communism, capitalism, that whole spectrum. Not, not the whole spectrum. There's a lot of isms out there, but, you know, the main ones. And, I
1: mean, we do want to eventually tackle the low-hanging fruits of... Politics, Politics. Uh, Democrats, and Republicans, and all that stuff—the history behind it and mm-hmm. everything—because mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing that really gets kind of lost in the shuffle is the history of how we got here. We know, we know that we know what our thought process is, but we don't know why. Right, and that's that's really the main thing that can kind of open your eyes to a bunch of things. You know, we want to talk about religion, you know, and 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 break down a bunch of different religions in a series. But the thing is, is that we're we're all in this together, and hopefully. Uh, not hopefully, this is my promise that by the next series we, we release, whatever it might be, we don't know what the next one's going to be, but we will get started on it soon. But uh, yeah. by then, we will have an email address. Uh, we will have a a, a a social media presence set up somehow, some way, just so that way y'all can get in touch with us. And I would love to one day maybe post like a poll or something on Twitter that says, what do y'all want us to talk about? Like yes. if we get enough listeners and we can kind of say, hey, these are the topics that we have right now on the docket, what do y'all want to see next? Yeah. So this this is going to be very interactive with our listeners. This is not just going to be a thing where it's like y'all are just going to sit down, shut up, and listen. Um, we want y'all to be a part of it, and going forward, we will. And, and I promise we will by the next series. Yep. Whenever that may be.
0: <clears throat> and we're, we're, we're shooting for at the very least, quarterly drops. Yes. Or I, at, the, at the latest. Yeah, at the... Uh, yeah, like at least... That's the longest once gap we'll go. A, yeah, at least once a quarter. And that's that's the very longest we will go hopefully we'll be able to get some stuff more uh (laughs) frequently than that and and i i would i I would love for that yeah i i expect that to be the case we
1: just don't know what it's gonna obviously no one knows what the future holds and we can tell you that until we're blue in the face like we're we're learning how to do this just on the fly but just stick with us through these growing pains because we uh we're we're very much looking forward to doing this and we want we really do want you guys to be a part of it with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean we're gonna have these conversations either way, so.
1: Yeah, so we might as well just do them in front of microphones. Yeah, well we bought the microphones. We bought the microphones.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I am good with that. Do you want to go ahead and wrap it up, Cameron?
1: Yeah, I think Do uh, you wanna close us
0: out in prayer? <laughs> fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs>